Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Silent night, holy night, begins the popular Christmas carol. Father Joseph Moore, a young Catholic priest, penned the poem that would become the lyrics of the carol just after the end of the Napoleonic Wars, a series of major global conflicts between the French Empire led by Napoleon I and France's allies against various coalitions of European powers. The seventh and final conflict in the Napoleonic Wars ended in 1815 after Napoleon's defeat on June 18th at Waterloo in Belgium. Father Joseph wrote these words wrote the words to Silent Night the following year in 1816 at Mariafar, Austria, where Father Joseph was working as an assistant priest and which also notably was his father's hometown. In 1817, Father Joseph moved, how appropriate to the story, to St. Nicholas's Parish at Obendorf, Austria. And on Christmas Eve, 1818, the following year, he brought the words to a schoolmaster and organist, Franz Gruber, from a nearby village and asked him to compose a melody and guitar accompaniment for that very night's midnight mass. After river flooding had possibly damaged the church, church's organ. In fact, flooding was such a problem at St. Nicholas's that the church was ultimately destroyed by repeated floods from the adjacent Salzach River. Now only a chapel by the name of the carol stands on the site of the church. According to Gruber, who composed the melody, the organ builder who serviced the church's instrument loved the song so much that he took the composition home with him, and from his hometown, two families of folk singers began to include the song in their shows. And let's just say the rest is history. The song was translated into English in 1859 and has now been translated into about 140 languages. What inspired Father Moore to write his poem and compelled him on that Christmas Eve to ask Gruber to compose the melody is unknown. But perhaps it was the contrast between the tumultuous times in Europe the years before and the peace over the land. Or maybe it was just that the broken organ reminded him of his poem and he thought it would be appropriate for a night without the joyous bellowing organ that would usually be ringing in Christmas Day, after and in contrast to its modest use, if any, during the penitential season of Advent. Who knows? Regardless, the very contrast between the tumult outside the, these doors and the quiet entry of God as man on this night over 2,000 years ago is what I want to highlight tonight on this Christmas Eve, two centuries later. The world has always been very noisy, and I think many of us think it's noisier than it has ever been. Distractions are everywhere. We're working hard, long hours. Our phones, social media, etc., buzz us constantly with notifications. Peace is elusive in a world that is full of threats a virus that's killed one in every 100 Americans over the age of 65, a virus that one in five Americans have said has killed a friend or family member of theirs, a virus that's now killed more than 800,000 of our fellow citizens and is reaching record numbers of cases once again. There are troops amassing 
on Russia's border with Ukraine, and threats are being hurled by various sides, including our own government. Men and women of color suffer disproportionately from police targeting them, and in some cases have tragically and illegally lost their lives. Christians in India are being attacked by vigilantes supported by local police forces under the guise of anti-conversion laws. And that's just the news of the past few weeks. The noise of the world in just these last few days threatens to snuff out the silent night. And noise is not a new phenomenon. In 1966, the famous American duo Simon and Garfunkel released a beautiful rendition of Silent Night on their third studio album, Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Thyme. Also a beautiful song. And yes, the song Silent Night was beautiful with its two-part harmony over broken piano chords, but it was contrasted with a simulated news broadcast playing simultaneously that slowly increased in volume over the course of the song, an amalgamation of events from the summer that year, which proves there's nothing new under the sun. Those events were a dispute over a civil rights bill, the death of comedian Lenny Bruce from an overdose of narcotics, which have also taken the lives of many in our country in the past year. Martin Luther King Jr. reaffirming his plans for a march, a grand jury indicting Richard Speck for murdering eight student nurses, and a disruption of a House committee's hearing by protesters, the president urging an increase in the Vietnam War effort. And if you think the world that Jesus Christ, our Lord, entered into as a vulnerable little baby was any less a mess, then you only need to look at the feasts that follow Christmas Day. On the 26th is the Feast of the First Martyr, St. Stephen, which we will celebrate Sunday. On the 28th, the Feast of the Holy Innocents, the infants murdered by Herod in his attempt to maintain his worldly power. Or to the news of the day, yes, as we heard in the Christmas proclamation, the world was supposedly at peace, much like it is today. But peace remained elusive, especially in Judea. The Romans occupied the Jewish territories. An emperor who claimed to be God's son sat on the throne in Rome. And Herod the Great, the Roman puppet king of Judea, ruled. And he had just prior to his final trips of Jericho created a serious religious conflict when he placed a golden eagle over the temple entrance. This was considered by many blasphemous, and it was chopped down with axes. Two teachers and approximately 40 other youths were arrested for this crime and burned alive. He also killed all the male lineal successors of the preceding Hasmonean dynasty. And the Pharisees long racially attacked the Hasmoneans as having Greek parentage, even though they had briefly won the Jewish nation independence from the Greeks. Shall I go on? Indeed, there's nothing new under the sun. So is Silent Night just sappy sentiment? Or is this really a silent night? Should it be a silent night? And if so, what we must we do if we wish to hear the silence? First, I'm here to state that Silent Night is not just sappy sentimentality, but expresses a critical reality about Christmas and about what we believe as Orthodox Christians about God. After all, God tends to be the quiet type. Perhaps you've noticed. I hope you pray regularly, but I presume that most often when you pray, you feel like you're the one doing most of the talking. And that's part of, perhaps the biggest part, of the problem. 
How often is it that when you pray, you spend some substantial portion of your time in silence yourself, just listening, just trying to hear the whispers of God guiding you in your heart, mind, body, and soul? If you're anything like me, I bet it isn't much. Just like our human relationships, we spend too much time talking and not enough time listening. And yet listening should be easy. We say God's silent, but the word of God is all around us. As Psalm 19 proclaims, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day by day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. But the trouble is that God's words are not our words. Just as God's love is not our love, God's goodness is not our goodness. No, his love and goodness so greatly exceeds our goodness that goodness hardly applies. So that love hardly applies. And his word so exceeds our word that the word word hardly applies. And remarkably, his word is silent, capable of being expressed. But more importantly to our discussion also means something uh, indescribable or unutterable. Ineffable can even mean that which is taboo to be said. For example, that the F word is ineffable, especially here in church on this most holy of nights, for example. And yet, too, the Jews, even to this day, right, God's name is ineffable in that way. Taboo to be said. If anyone even knows how it was really said, the great I am, the I am, that God whose name was taboo to be said for millennia on this night was born a little baby with, an, with the name of Jesus. In Hebrew, Joshua, God saves the name of God, no longer ineffable, no longer reserved to the high priest once a year. But now that precious name, Jesus, is hardly tethered. Jesus is the name we now call on every time we pray. Jesus is now a household name. Jesus is the name to which every knee one day will bend. And Jesus tells us that we can call God our Father, even Abba, Daddy, because our God is not distant. Distant. He jealously chases after us, seeking a close and personal relationship with us. But on this night, this silent night, his name was still a whisper. And to return to Simon and Garfunkel for a moment, in their more well-known song, Song of Silence, it says, 10,000 people, maybe more, people talking without speaking, people hearing without listening, People writing songs that voices never share, and no one dare disturb the sound of silence. Fools, said I, you do not know silence like a cancer grows. Hear my words that I might teach you. Take my arms that I might reach you. But my words like silent raindrops fell and echoed in the wells of silence. And the people bowed and prayed to the neon god they made. And the sign flashed out its warning in the words that it was forming. And the sign said, the words of the prophets are written on the subway walls and tenement halls. 
and whispered in the sound's silence. On this night, you're here for a reason. You could have stayed home. After all, it's late. Even to me, sleep might be starting to have seemed to be a better option. But I'm here, and all of you are here. We're here tonight for a silent night, a peaceful night, a night to celebrate our God. And I hope that the words of Jesus are falling like silent raindrops, echoing in the wells of silence. But tomorrow we wake up with the gifts from the neon gods around our tree. Those among us who are parents begging the new toys to be silent. Hey, who gave that singing toy to the girls? Who approved the drums? But back to our message. Christmas is upon us. My brothers and sisters, this is the moment we have been waiting for for weeks, for months, maybe since last Christmas, and it's here. But why were we waiting for it? Were we waiting for it because we were hoping for some noise in our life, for some attention, for some gifts, for some lights, for some favorite carols, for some eggnog, for a favorite dish our mother makes, for some parties to spend time with our relatives, to have some time off for work? Or were we hoping for it? Because on this night, this silent night, in the midst of all that noise, our God, our silent God, that still, small voice, that appeared to Elijah in the midst of a wind that tore mountains, broke rocks into pieces among earthquakes and fires. That low whisper that visited Elijah. And when Elijah went out of the cave wrapped in his cloak, that little voice asked him, what are you doing here? My brothers and sisters, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Do you recall what Elijah responded to the Lord? He said, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. Brothers and sisters all around you, the world has forsaken God's covenant. They, nay, we have forsaken it. We have thrown down his altars and erected our neon gods. And yet you, yes, each and every one of you are the only ones left. And they seek your life to take it away. They seek to take it away in the noise. They don't want that silent voice talking to you. They want to convince you that since that voice is silent, it doesn't exist. They want you to believe that your restlessness is reality and that the peace of silence is unobtainable. But I'm here to tell you that not only is such peace attainable, but it's our calling. Yes, it's hard to see. Yes, among the evening news, the social media, the screaming children, the screaming adults, it's hard to see. I mean, it's hard to hear the sound of silence, the silent night. But our job is to reverse the Simon and Garfunkel's silent night. Instead of letting the news broadcast grow louder, we must push it back. Just as a little light makes a dark place brighter, a little silence makes a noisy world quieter. We are to be lights on a hill, and we are called to be a deafening silence. We become that deafening silence when we become more like our God, who is the deafening silence, who on this night turned the world upside down, broke every assumption we had about him, broke every societal norm for the king and creator of the world, 
who surprised even the angels with his plan. The God who made the law speak in such a way that it stops every mouth, as St. Paul tells us, and the whole world to be accountable to him. Tonight, Christmas was like a great record scratch. The heavens were ripped open and God entered the world. God had been united to man in such a way that Jesus was fully both man and God, without the nature of God or the nature of man being changed or mixed together, and yet so united there was no separation or division within him. And was a shot heard round the world, an earthquake, an atomic explosion? As humans, that's probably what we'd expect, but no, nearly the first cries of a newborn babe. I hope that you spent Advent in quiet reflection, preparing your heart so that you could be quiet enough to receive the little baby who quietly enters this world, the creator of our universe, our loving God. He came amidst the noise that surrounded the people then, and he comes tonight amidst the noise that surrounds us. But he didn't add to it. He's the king of kings, but there was no fanfare. Some angels appearing to a few shepherds. There was no procession. There was no castle to lay his head in. Even the inn had no room, and he had to lay in a dirty, smelly manger. However, if you found it hard to focus on the silence, if you had a hard time hearing God whisper to you, what are you doing here? I hope you will tonight spend at least a few moments in prayer with me before the Christ child, before you leave. I hope that during prayer you will not only say some words, but you will spend at least as much of your time in quiet silence, listening for that still, small voice from God. And I pray that when Jesus asks you what you're doing here, you tell him that you're jealous for him and that even if the world doesn't care about him, you're the only one left who does, you'll serve him. That you will reflect his light and echo his silence in this dark and noisy world. I pray this night that the Christ child will again enter fully into your heart. That the silent night, the silent word, will enter, and that the silence will, like a cancer, grow. That you will hear his words that he might teach you. That you will take his arms that he might reach you in the sound of silence. Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.